0: Educating by sharing our From the Trenches preservation knowledge and our guests' expertise. Balancing modern needs while maintaining the historical significance, character, and beauty of your period home.
1: Today on the Practical Preservation Podcast, I have Mark uh, Jameson with me from Heather and Little. Uh, Thank you for joining me today.
2: No problem. Thank you for asking me.
1: So tell me about your background.
2: Well, I'll start a little bit with Heather and Little. Um, they are um, they always have been uh, a family business and still are. Um, it's uh, spanned many generations and and several different families. But like most or many tradespeople, I fell into roofing and sheet metal through my father and my grandfather. Um, would you like to hear a little bit about? that history sure sure. okay so um my grandfather started um his company in the um in the early 40s um after doing all kinds of different jobs and falling into uh riffing and sheet metal um and um he had quite an entrepreneurial spirit so he grew the company as quickly as he could. Um, he, um, my, my dad joined him eventually after quitting high school and uh, joining uh, the uh, sheet Metal um, apprenticeship program. And he worked his way through that and became a journeyman. And um, he shared the same entrepreneurial spirit as my grandfather and he soon became a partner with him. And uh, then in about 1969, they purchased a larger commercial industrial roofing contractor called Bothwell. And um, together they formed a company called Bothwell Accurate, which went on to become one of the biggest uh, commercial industrial roofing contractors in, uh, in Canada. Um, now in the 1980s, our family purchased another roofing company, which was Heather and Little. Okay. And that's how we got involved in Heather and Little. Now, both companies shared a similar background. They were both family-oriented companies, um, both starting out um, in the the mid-1920s, or um, that's when Bothwell and Heather and Little had started out. Um, And they both had a, a similar focus on quality and craftsmanship and they perform similar types of work. Um, so it made sense that they would work together. Right. In fact, in fact, prior to the acquisition, they they would occasionally have joint ventures. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to keep both names alive, uh, it was decided that um, they would operate separately and one one company would take over the flat roofing and flashing business and Heather and little would focus on steep slope roofing and ornamental sheet metal work that we were, or that we are known for today. Right. Um, so eventually the family decided to sell the flat roofing business and, and focus strictly on Heather and little okay. yeah. um, personally, like many third generation People. I I started working as a kid after school and on weekends in the family business. And I worked in every aspect of the business throughout my career and, um, you know, basically learned the trade from the ground up, inside and out. Um, Now, my grandfather has since passed away, and my father is mostly retired, but he's still involved in the business. And my son just started his sheet metal apprenticeship this year and he's representing the fourth generation of Jameson's in the business.
1: Yes, yes. Is, um, was he was he interested in, in working with his hands, or was that something that you kind of made a requirement that he needed to know how to do that?
2: No, I, I didn't push him into that at all. In fact, I encouraged him to go to university, which is something I didn't do, or, nor did my father or grandfather uh, before us. And um, he started studying, um, in the sciences, in, uh, biology. Um, but of course in the summer he would come and work with us and he just enjoyed the business. And, um, so as soon as he finished, uh, university, he decided to, um, to start working with us and it made sense for him to learn the trade first.
1: No, I, I agree. I, I, I really do agree. My, um, my husband, um, we had started dating and my, my dad had had a construction company and he asked him to come help him over the summer while we were, um, while he uh, on break from school and, um, Jonathan never went back to school. (laughs) He loved it so much. (laughs) And now like he had been, he was studying accounting. I can't imagine him being an accountant (laughs) now. (laughs) So yes, it's a I, but, common but I, story. I, yeah, i i definitely um, i i definitely uh, I agree because i my earl some of my earliest memories are going to job sites with my dad and my job was to walk around and pick up um, or have a big magnet and get the nails from around
2: the house. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> so i i um, I, um,
1: I i i i i understand. <laughs> I understand what it's like. <laughs> so what um, what uh, drew you into uh, preservation?
2: Um, for preservation, there's, there's probably three parts to that answer. Um, first of all, um, one of the things that I admire most about the work that we do um, is the craftsmanship and attention to detail that goes into the work. Um, that's what I admire most about it. Our tradespeople are uh, fantastically talented and uh, and skilled and they deserve to be proud of the work that they accomplish. But I believe that this is something that's missing in most trades today. People don't take pride in it. Um, and um, today everything's about efficiency and getting things done as quickly and cheaply as possible. So I like to think that by focusing on preservation we're able to apply the craftsmanship and skills that are becoming more and more scarce. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can contribute to keeping those skills alive. Um, Also, I think that um, old buildings are are a reminder of our past culture and history. And uh, once destroyed, those memories can never be fully recovered. So I believe that we owe it to ourselves and future generations to understand and honor our history. And the the final part of that answer would be uh, for the environment. Um, Historic preservation conserves resources, reduces waste, saves money. Um, And uh, by reusing a historic structure versus tearing it down and building with new materials, I think that's one of the greenest forms of construction In my opinion,
1: I agree with you. And I and I think that a lot of preservations don't necessarily consider themselves to be like in the green building camp, but it really is green building and it's in a sustainable building. And I think that there needs to be more more conversation about that. So I'm glad you included that. Yes. So I know you mentioned that Heather and little started as a separate company and then your, your, your family purchased it. Um, but what, um, what services do you offer? What geographic areas, what types of clients do you have?
2: Well, we service all of North America. Um, we're located in Toronto, Ontario, uh, in Canada. Um, and we, we do contracting or installation work in all of Canada. Um, in the United States, we don't do any installations, but we fabricate and supply ornamental uh, architectural sheet metal for contractors um, that uh, aren't up to making that, that right. type of material. So we, um, you know, we, that's where we, we really stand out and and where we're unique is in that custom architectural sheet metal fabrication. So we make uh, cornices, cupolas and domes, steeples, calamine doors and windows, Victorian metal shingles and tiles, metal shingle or metal Spanish tiles, um, custom metal wall cladding and architectural panels, sheet metal statues, um, pressed and stamped sheet metal ornamentation and, you know, just about anything you can think of in sheet metal. Right.
1: And then do you also, um, do you also um, restore things? Like if there's something that's, do you do yes. you repair it and then bring it back?
2: Yeah. Yes. So um, a good example of that would be um, one of the statues that we would work on. So if you think about, um, your county or your state courthouse, almost every one of those buildings has a, a Lady of Justice right. statue on it. Um, they're often sheet metal. Um, if, if they came from the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, chances are they're made of sheet metal um, because it's more durable uh, and easier to reproduce than wood right. and cheaper than cast right
1: and lighter too to get
2: it up there (laughs) exactly much lighter and and so um that's not uncommon at all for um a statue to require some restoration and they'll hoist it down from the roof ship it up to us Um, we um, we break it down into individual components clean them fix them restore them Uh, refabricate the missing or damaged pieces, put it all back together, often with a new um, substructure, uh, because usually that's, it's either wood and it's rotted out or it's steel and it's rusted out. Uh, So we'll replace that, we'll ship it back and it can be hoisted up into place again.
1: Very, very interesting. Um, is it as most of your uh, most of the components that you make are they mostly exterior then or, or some interior?
2: Uh, they're I would say they're mostly exterior, but we do um, we'll do you know a, a custom tin ceiling or something along those lines. Um, recently, there was some um, uh, some old roofing from our Parliament buildings that was repurposed. Um, and um, refabricated into some interior components for parliament buildings. So um, occasionally we get projects like that.
1: Okay, very interesting. But it's
2: mostly exterior.
1: Yeah. So um, tell me about a few of your notable projects.
2: Okay. um, So let me think for a second. I've told you about the parliament buildings already, but we've, we've also worked on Um, our provincial legislation buildings in Ontario, New Brunswick and Manitoba, as well as the National Library of Congress. Um, We've worked on so many churches Mm. and cathedrals that I couldn't even begin to name them. Um, Recently, we did two prominent buildings in in Toronto where we um, fabricated um, uh, stamped metal cornices, that had one of the buildings, the cornice had been removed uh, many years ago, it was missing. All we had were blurry old photographs mm-hmm. and sketches. And we, uh, we had to reproduce those uh, completely from scratch. Um, recently in Boston, we uh, reclad six calamine doors in bronze. Uh, they just turned out beautifully. And they're for the Brighton County Courthouse. And right now, we're just working on um, uh, a really unique uh, stamped copper facade project for a Lloyd Wright design mansion in Los Angeles. Oh,
1: that sounds interesting. It is. And and beautiful. (laughs) Oh, yes. yes.
2: (laughs) So we've worked on, um, you know, just about everything you can imagine from the Statue of Liberty to the Um, Thomas Jefferson uh, Library of Congress, um, to, you know, churches and individual households.
1: That's, that's very interesting. Um, So uh, what do you, what common mistakes do you see when people are restoring or replacing decorative metal architectural details?
2: Um, I think that one of the biggest mistakes that's made in building preservation in general is giving up. Mm. So um, um, building owners and designers today look at an old worn out building component and think, well, nobody can do that. Nobody has that skill anymore. This was made by hand. Um, And as you know, it is in fact possible to find like-minded people today that are willing to take the time and apply those old, old world skills. Um, you just have to search a little bit harder, but fortunately the internet has made that a little bit easier. It
1: has. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I I hadn't thought about that, but that's very true. Because things that things that don't look too bad to me because I've seen worse, people are like, oh that you know, that can that can't be re- that can't be restored. You know, you have to get a new. So I, yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that that assessment.
2: Yeah, um, and there's the danger of giving up and just compromising or right. saying it, it can't be done, we'll do something different. Yeah, or we'll, we'll put some a modern we'll modern fiberglass stuff. instead yeah. of sheet metal or Something along those lines. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. So, what trends or challenges do you see in in preservation?
2: Um, well, the biggest challenge is always dealing with unforeseeables. You know, every every project that we work on seems to be completely unique. Right. And it they all contain their own unknowns and surprises. You know, you you open something up and the substructure is rotten or um, you know something that seemed to be uh, sound and, and restorable suddenly is is crumbling at, at the slightest touch. Um, so one of our strengths lies in our, you know, our reaction to those unforeseeables. Right. We we pride ourselves in being able to work with the designer, um, architect, or contractor and building owner to uh, provide solutions. Um, for those issues that pop up during uh, preservation projects,
1: I think that's a that's a that's a very important skill, especially with dealing with with preservation. Because yeah, every every building was a little bit different, and you know there were there wasn't a standardized design. So you know no. you 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 sometimes you're trying to figure out why somebody did something that way.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah so is there uh before we before we kind of wrap up is there anything that you thought of that you want to share before that i didn't think to ask you before i asked the last couple questions
2: um no i i I think you've covered most things
1: well thank you very much um do you have anything that you'd like to promote um uh today
2: well yeah one of the um one of the the services that we offer is uh, consulting okay. for uh, sheet metal and roofing related building preservation projects. Uh, so we would like to offer your listeners with a, a one hour free consultation uh, to discuss the subject of their choice.
1: Oh, that's good Well, thank you.
2: It could be roofing, mm-hmm. um, calamine doors and windows, architectural sheet metal restoration, whatever they wanna uh, talk about really.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's a a great offer. Um, How can can someone uh, contact you?
2: Um, The usual ways these days are um, we still use the telephone. Um, You can reach me or one of our talented team at 1-800-450-0659, or you can email me at mjamison at heatherandlittle.com. Or you can go to our website, www.heatherandlittle.com. And there's a big button in the corner that says, get a quote. And uh, you just click on that and it'll send a a form into us.
1: Okay. Very good. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I will make sure that all of your contact information is on our website where the, the podcast is hosted. So that if somebody's listening and needs to go back to find it, that they can find it there. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yes.
0: Visit practicalpreservationservices.com.